audio version of Michael Leighton's blog. February 14, 2023. Spiritual and physical closeness. Question. Children are like the next degree, the resulting derivatives. How can it be that a person does not have the data that parents received, you, for example? Answer, how can he receive this? What does matter have to do with it? It does not exist at all. This is the most minimal layer that is revealed to us. All our other levels are much higher. Our world is the lowest. All Reshimot come from the worlds of Asiya, Yetzirah, Beria, and Atzilut. So, nothing like that can even be here. Question, but does your corporeal child exist at the spiritual level? Answer, he has a Reshimo, nothing more. If he yearns, he will enter this system. I cannot really help him here even if he is my favorite child. I will help another physically, a complete stranger, because he has a great desire to come closer to the Creator, to reveal the upper world. I will naturally help him based on my new data. That is, spiritual closeness is not physical closeness. From Cab TVs I got a call. Invention of Cinema February 11, 2012 How to see a new world Those righteous ones, the authors of the Zohar, and especially Rabbi Shimon, their thoughts and words were in actual deeds, for according to the quality of the innovations in the Torah that they discovered, the upper degrees were promptly set up and arranged after them in actual fact. That is, the righteous build worlds with their innovations in the Torah, Zohar for all, Bereshit, 1, Article the Sling Stone, Item 200. Question, are these worlds internal or external? Answer, everything is inside a person. There is nothing outside of us. Everything that seems to us, as existing outside of us, the world, stars, people, and the earth is the way we feel what is happening within us. There is nothing outside. All our perception of reality, as if I take something, hold it in my hands, and see it, all this appears only inside me. Therefore, to the extent that I change and improve my qualities, I see a different world, a new world. But everything is inside a person. A person is a small world and he includes everything. From the first part of the Daily Kabbalah lesson February 6, 2023. Zohar for all introduction to the book of Zohar, Torah and prayer. We consider ourselves to be God. Question, what does a dog think about man? He feeds me, takes care of me, walks me. He must be God. What does a cat think about a person? He feeds me, takes care of me. I guess I am God. What do we humans think about the Creator? He feeds us, he takes care of us. What do we think about him? Answer, that we are God. Question, why? Why can't I say, thank you? You take care of me. You are God. Answer, because by doing so, I lose my independence. Question, do I want this freedom? Do I need independence? Answer, yes, of course. 
this is how we are created. Question, so, he as if cut us, off from himself? Answer, actually, he concealed himself so I would re-establish the right relationship with him myself. Question, is this possible only if I do not see him? Answer, yes. If I cannot find him, but keep looking for him, I gradually realize that he is, in fact, the center of my existence. Question, at what point do I start looking for him? At what point am I dissatisfied with myself, my efforts, and my capabilities? Answer, when you become utterly disillusioned with your search, for yourself, life, the purpose of life, the creator, and so on, then you start getting closer to finding him. Question, do I have to reach disillusionment? Answer, yes. Comment, but I have to invest in the search. My response, absolutely, everything you have got. Question, is it about doing everything myself, should my efforts be such? Answer, yes. And after you realize that you cannot do anything yourself, you begin to wonder where is this connection with the creator found? Question, you said, I cannot do anything. Is there really nothing I can do? Answer, nothing. Until one puts up his hands and completely entrusts himself to the upper force, nothing will work. Question, today we see that wars and crises are nearing, there will be more and more of them, environmental disasters, and so on. Will this lead us, to the point of realizing that we cannot do anything? Answer, good question. What we see today, I doubt will lead to the realization. Humanity still has very little awareness of its situation, its dependence. It thinks it can still do something. Question, so I have to pull this rug out from under me to see I can't do anything? Answer, yes. Question, and this is the main theme, we cannot do anything without you? Answer, we cannot do anything without the Creator. From Cab TV's News with Dr. Michael Laitman, December 15, 2022. From one source. Question, is there always a confrontation of forces in the spiritual work? Answer, no, it only seems that way to us, so that we use these forces correctly. They come from the same source, but they do not agree yet within us so their confrontation occurs only within us. We need to treat them exactly the same way and correctly, rationally, and effectively use both the force of reception and the force of bestowal. There can be no love without hate. From Cab TV's I Got a Call. Men's Games April 2, 2012. The Wall We Need to Break. Comment. Let's say we are doing a project together, and if there are mistakes, we sit down and discuss them. At first, everyone thinks they are right. Then, if a person nevertheless tries to hear another, analysis ensues. The next time we start to do something, the same situation arises again. You look at this situation, but you did this analysis yourself. How can you re-enter this state again? and it happens this way all the time. My response, no, not all the time. These are new reshimot, new informational data, a new time. A person has changed, 
and even pictures from the past look new. Comment, when we work together we become closer to each other, a certain importance arises, but when I need to take the next step, there is a wall that I constantly have to break. My response, but at the same time, there is an understanding that it was specially created between you so that you could overcome it precisely by yearning for each other. Comment, this is a very interesting learning process. My response, there is still a lot to come, a lot of all sorts of pleasant surprises. From Cab TVs I got a call. Two kinds of disturbances March 25th 2012. New Life 112. Working in Sales, Part 1. Hello and thanks for joining us on the New Life Show with Dr. Michael Lightman. Hello Dr. Lightman. Hello everyone. Hello Nitsa Mazoz. Hello. Lately we've been talking about the new world of employment, organizations, the world of business, the world in which we spend most of the hours of our day and looking back. In retrospect, most of our life, we work in a certain organization, in one field or another. We're in touch or connected with people inside our organization or outside of it. We have clients, we have suppliers, etc., etc. And all of these interactions together are what we call the new world of employment of work. And what we'd like to learn from Dr. Leitman is how can our integral approach to life that we're learning about now, how can it give us a new perspective on the entire world of organizations, companies, corporations, etc. And our talk today is going to touch upon a new field in this world. Nitsa, take us there. Yeah, so first of all, a short review. We started talking about the integral approach and its uniqueness. You really gave us a new strategy, a new direction. You explained that if today, and you compared it to a structure with the first and second floor, that if today we're in a business world that's very crowded, that there's no place to develop to, that competition is eating us all. Suddenly, you drew a second floor. You said that it's completely open, 360 degrees, everything's open. Only what? You want to get there? Then there are certain integral laws that apply to that place. And once you start implementing them, in your place of work and in your attitude towards your clients and your environment, and gradually you will start to implement this new approach and enjoy this entire realm that the new world of work has to offer. And also you set a new goal. Usually, when we look at an organization, we look at the bottom line, the income. You said, no, this is a very special approach. Put the client in the center. It's about him. If you will actually be able to understand your client's needs, 
the, their need for connection, for experience, then you will be able to continue and grow. And last time we started talking about marketing policies, something we start talking about after we set a strategy. Now, in relation to marketing, the, th the first thing we started talking about was a product. What product should we continue developing? Services that will suit the integral approach. And today, we'd like to continue into the main theme, probably, which is sales after we've developed product and services. Now we need to start selling it to the customer. And just to give a background about what's the difference, marketing looks at the general marketing and sales. There's a more personal contact between the salesperson and the client, whether it's a face-to-face -face sale or by phone. Still, it's a personal kind of connection. Now, companies usually companies that have products that are like food, textile, perishable products will usually use uh, advertisements. This is something that we'll talk about separately. And companies that have products that are lasting and their process of sale is a process that needs to take decisions, contemplate, maybe get some more information then the world of sales there is really the center of that organization. Now, from the work, we understand that sales is a world in and of itself. There is entire science around it. Researches, books, you name it. It's becoming the, the heart of the organization because it's so important. We'd like to talk about it, learn about it from your perspective. So maybe a more general question. How do you see the field of sales according to the integral approach? I need to get into it. I need to be more included of it, in it, in order to be able to talk about it, more integrated in it. Sales today are frontile, and uh, what's important for us is for the client to buy. What do we need eventually? And the new approach, we're not concerned with the client buying, but for the client to be content with their connection to us their steady connection with us. We want to connect them to us in such a way that the client and we both enjoy the client enjoying our product. We said that our goal and what we sell is that we'll get pleasure out of whoever it is that's using our product. And this is something that's already happening in many companies. They understand it. They make sure that they have a steady connection with their client. Of course, this comes from the desire to sell that client in the future some product or services. But here we're talking about something new, that we see the client's life, mood, 
that our product adds to the client, to their family, and their connection with us for it to be some kind of a mutual steady system, a real interdependence that our product, all in all, needs to simply be the reason for creating the connection between us. If this is what the client will feel and he feels that he's connecting to someone that wants to benefit, that's thinking about him and that the product is merely the thing that binds us together, then he sees that by that he purchases a new fulfillment for himself an added value to life. It's not just that, you know, life becomes easier at home because of some appliance that he bought from us or some clothing or food or whatever it is, but that we are participating with him in that same experience that he is included in creating this kind of feeling in a client is the entire secret of sales. And it doesn't matter what we're selling, but what's important is that together with us, they'll feel a kind of system that gives them security, pleasure, warmth, support, different warm emotions like a child feels in his parents' house. This is what a person's missing. For example, people get divorced. Uh, the woman, she goes back to her mom. The man sometimes stays alone. Sometimes he also goes back to his parents. Meaning the concept of your parents' home or mom's home, it's something that we see as something safe, warm, something that we always subconsciously aspire for. And if we have something that reminds us about it, that somehow brings us closer to it, that gives us some kind of additional feeling, then we're willing to pay for it. We're willing to come closer to it, to integrate in it. Therefore, by studying the client, we need to create such a feeling in them that by buying our product, they go into a connection with us, and the connection with us, not necessarily the product itself, is what gives them that feeling of warmth, that feeling of confidence, security, support, eventually love. This is what we're looking for. Our most inner desire is to want love. 
that eventually is unconditional, unconditional love. That doesn't depend on anything. It doesn't matter who I am, what I am, what do I do. The fact that I got divorced, that there's something bad. Mom's always next to me. She supports unconditionally. And no matter how right I am or whatever, we must provide them with this feeling. This way, we and they enter a system in which we always provide them with, we provide them not with the product, but with this feeling. And this is a feeling that they always need. And then undoubtedly that they will want to use our products in order to renew and enhance and increase that feeling. But this really demands a good, big influence of our salespeople over the market of potential clients that they will really feel that this is our approach. Meaning, we needn't talk at all about the product like we see that this is how they sell them on TV. But what we need to sell them to advertise to them is our attitude, our relation. And maybe it's something that completely has nothing to do with the product. It could be movies, it could be clips, it could be articles about the spirit that exists in our organization. That our organization, first and foremost, is, uh, we can say that it's a spiritual one, that wishes to instill a good feeling in the client, in the buyer, so that first of all they'll be connected to us, that they'll share that mutual feeling with us for us to have. We need to enchant them by the atmosphere that exists in us. And then, from these things, then, of course, they too want to be connected to us through that purchase. And we don't talk about the purchase at all. We don't even present the products. But first of all, the this inner state condition, the fulfillment itself. Just like we actually do, like we do, when we give big congresses, conventions, and plenty of people come, and we share mutual experience. But due to the experience that they want to continue, they want to be related to us, so they buy different products of ours. 
books, clips, CDs, this, that, T-shirts with um, logos. They don't even really use them afterwards, but they want to be connected. This is the expression of the connection. When I later buy a car and use the car, it reminds me at all the time, brings me back to that experience of warmth and connection every moment that I use it. I have a kind of weakness towards this place that made this car or couch. I, I sit on my couch and through it I feel the attitude of the person who makes it, their relation, their, their approach. Like Rabash says that when I look at the table I can feel, I can understand the spirit of that person who made the table, their approach, their attitude, how much he was thinking about me, how much by that he projects his attitude towards me. But first of all, there needs to be the attitude. And the product is something very secondary. It's like a result. This is the wisdom of the new way of sales. We're not selling products. We are selling a good connection. This is actually the basis of it. When you talked about the couch, suddenly I remembered that even when you look at a, at a piece of art, not art, but there are such things that we keep because it gives us some kind of, uh, it awakens some kind of emotion, uh, makes us sentimental. Yeah, yeah, that too, that there's something about it that it, this thing projects onto me, reminds me of, and therefore, here, instead of the ordinary, pretty silly kinds of advertisements, what we need to do here are different acts of connection in parks and places where people hang out, where we do it for people, and really, and the right, correct, honest way, and this after the integral education that we've received. We want to bring these people closer to us. And after we generate this kind of atmosphere, then after that, in and of itself, comes the stage of the sale. I want to ask about the piece of art because I feel that you made an emphasis here. When I look at a painting, maybe I can identify with the artist, but here you added that it's not just that you identify with the artist, but it's suddenly that you feel how he thought about you. Right, he thought about me, and from thinking about me, he made this creation. And not that he created it, and now he's thinking about how to make me buy it. And that's a big difference. Right, what's first and what's next. But for this, the entire organization needs to move to, this, to these new rails of thinking. Now, because, like we said, the entire organization depends on the sales department, then the organization really invests in their salespeople. They give them trainings and skills and workshops. It's all good and nice, 
for the past because these people are really good psychologists they know how to twist people how to sell things how to smile how to this how to that I saw their work it's excellent but it's on condition that I have a deficiency for that thing meaning either they confuse me that I have a deficiency for that thing or that I really do you mean a need yeah. But once this need disappears, and I already have a different need, like now we see that the need for, the real need for shopping is lessening all the time, and what's coming is a new need for connection. And so here what I need to sell is connection. And so, either we're talking about new businesses that will be proficient in selling connection in and of itself as the product, or businesses that will sell connection and beneath it, in addition to it, their products. So, you added another layer. You're saying that either there's a company that this is their expertise to sell sell the connection itself right because this is the most this is the product that's most in demand eventually people they'll be satisfied with a very ordinary life uh, they won't want to renew things all the time and equipment all those things that we're already drowning in but they will want to renew the feeling itself. The world is becoming more virtual. More virtual meaning more feeling-oriented, not products, but the feeling. Throughout the day, there are different processes that salespeople go through, like training, like workshops, like different things. And there's a model that I'd like to tell you about, and I'd like to hear about each aspect of the model. First of all, they're saying, uh, come closer to the client, create chemistry, communication. Once that happens, then you can move on to the next stage. Maybe I'll present the entire model, and then we'll go over it one by one. The next thing is the need. After there's closeness already, my purpose as a salesperson is to find what is my client's need exactly, precisely. Now here it's important to understand that many times that a person that comes to buy a certain product, even though that he himself came, many times he has a, what we call a revealed need, and also there is a hidden need. And sometimes there are aspects that he's not aware of, that he came to buy a certain thing, but actually is looking for something else, something more emotional, something deeper. So here, too, a good, good salesperson is someone who knows how to find that hidden need. What is that person actually looking for? Now, the next stage is a stage where the salesperson needs to find a solution for the client's need to match the, the product, the company's product, with the client. And then uh, the salesperson will explain the benefits, how important it is, what are you getting as a result of this purchase. 
that it's the most important thing in life. Right. And from there on, the, the goal is to seal the deal and make the buy or the sale. Now I'd like to go over these stages. So we have, again, we have making contact, coming closer, the need, the client's need, then you find the solution for what they need, and then you close the deal. How, as a salesperson, do you, do you learn how to make the, the contact, that first stage, according to the integral approach? How do you establish the closeness? Here, like you're saying, the closeness is between the salesperson and the client. Here it's not so. Here it needs to be between two people, suppose that are not on the level of uh, buyer-seller, but they create a kind of closeness between them in which each, as if, as if in each of them there is a need for connection. Connection, good connection, nice connection even uh, nice acquaintance, but without any hint of selling whatever it is. And again, it's not the salesperson that needs to be in front of the client. It's the entire company that in its meticulous work needs to create and people, not even calling them clients, to create in the public its name as a company that supports and helps and facilitates good connection between people and that this is actually its purpose. We're not talking about products at all. Products are something in addition. Their business is to sell a good attitude, a good spirit, to sell connection between everyone. We're not selling anything. We're not making anything besides a good atmosphere, a good mood, uplifted spirits, joy, security, support, tranquility. This is what we're making. We don't have salespeople. Uh, you mustn't call them that. There is no such thing. What we actually have are people or the entire organization that comes to the public in order to lift them up, warm them, create a connection between everyone. This, first and foremost. If the company will reveal its desire itself, will advertise itself, they'll be known this way for this then this is the first thing. That's called being close to the client, coming closer to the client. But again, it's not to the client, and it's not in part of the 
salesperson. So the salesperson has a new job description, uh, connection supporter. He's not even a salesperson. I don't think that that's something that can be done by people, uh, single people in the field. How then? I think that it's the entire company that needs to create such an atmosphere in the public that this is what it does. We're not talking about some little business, but if we're talking about big things, then this how it is. There needs to be done meticulous work here, but they will get it out of integral education. How can they now go out with a new attitude, with their new approach? It's not simple. If we take, for example, some company like Nova, or those that create different dairy sweets, until they change their persona, identity, it's not simple. But actually, from what I know, today up to 50% of the investment is in advertisement. Right. So I think that such astronomical sums like they are, I'd say, burning because it doesn't come back. If they'll invest it in their new identity, in society and connection, these are, it's not millions, it's billions, billions of dollars or shekels eventually. What we invest in advertisement, I think that by that, we can bring clients, our clients, so close that they will use it gladly. They will be together with us. They will get our things. It's like I come to mom and get something from mom. That I do it to my own benefit and her benefit too. And I feel from her how much she enjoys using what she makes. Meaning that the purchase here won't be as a purchase, but something that strengthens, has something that strengthens the connection. This is what we need to come to. This is the future world, actually, the future of the world. So that's that's the entire thing. So let's differentiate between advertisement, which is something that big companies that have big budgets, and it also really depends on the type of product. Food companies, they invest a lot in advertisement because the customer comes to the shop and buys things himself, meaning there's no salesperson in between. And here, we're only talking about sales, meaning there's a contact person that connects between what the organization sells and the client. No, if we are really building the correct public opinion about us that we really want to the benefit of the public, then after that we can advertise our products too. 
אנחנו יכולים, אם באמת, הציבור כבר מאמין לנו, We can say that for every milky bar, chocolate bar that you buy, for every five bars that you buy, some kid that really needs it gets one for free, and things like that. Meaning, people already believe that we are there to the benefit of the society, the environment, and not that we're making more at their expense or something, but that really... There's a kind of mutual care and concern here about the environment, about the people, the public, that our products, they become as a kind of connection between people in order to create equality, etc. Meaning, we continue down that same path of emotion, of connection, that our products support connection. that what you're buying now, look what it's going to, for this and for that. We need to also advertise all these things, how much it went to different things, for different things, that it is given out in different schools and areas where the population is a bit weaker there, for weaker populations and things like that. Pampers and things like that that are given out to single moms. You can do anything this way. And how happy people are that uh, they could participate in these things. Meaning, for each purchase of yours, look what happens as a result. And again, it is all in the spirit of connection. It's not that you just contributed something. You didn't contribute. You're acting by, together with us that our entire trend is toward equality, connection. So our products, they perform this kind of action. How will we connect and support one another? Precisely by this. What's the difference between donation and creating connection? Donation, I simply give to someone. Here I strengthen the public, I connect it, I turn them into one family, I create a spirit in them. It's not that I simply donate to someone and that someone has no idea where did it come from, etc., etc., and he has no relation to it. But they feel that it comes out of warmth, love, out of general inclination toward being one family, towards becoming one family. Nonetheless, going back to the salespeople, salespeople are something that can't disappear because still, if I want to buy some furniture, a piece of furniture, or consult someone on something or even a service that I want to buy, I think that uh, it's called a consultant and not a salesperson. that then, by a person wanting to participate in it, he, he feels an obligation here. Love, it obligates. It, it ties more than any other kind of connection. Any other kind of connection besides love rejects. And then I need to hold that person by a chain or something, or I give them some kind of discount card or something. But here, no. Love ties 
that person to me in a way that he himself comes, a client. Yeah. And then I only need an advisor, advisors, consultants that will consult. Even, you know, consultants like you have in supermarkets or, for example, I need to buy a new refrigerator. There are plenty of different refrigerators. So I know that when I come to a shop or I want to buy it on the internet and there is a consultant sitting there, then I know that this company is actually my company. It's for me. And then it's not a salesperson. It's simply a consultant that advises me on what to do and how. And he needs to be in the same spirit. He needs to know how to front, to be in a good and nice connection with me and a frontile relationship and a face-to-face relationship. But I think that we need to have here the same workshops, the same events with our potential clients. We need to teach them this very integral education. I need to make a big, good movie about our company, about our factory, about how much we care about this, about the spirit, the atmosphere in the factory itself. It has to be something that's, that really stands out as an example, really, for others, too. And I don't need to be afraid of competition. No. Here we're going along with nature, and then we always need to aspire. If we aspire for creating an atmosphere, generating a mood, then we need to somehow believe that it will work out because this is the general direction of nature. So, this consultant, first of all, he goes through a certain process in order to learn how to establish the right, correct connection, relationship. Also, he said that it's very important that they'll know how to identify the needs of the customer. So, just before that, I'd like to ask about the first stage. The first stage speaks of closeness. So, if I'm that consultant in a certain organization, I'm an expert. I'm familiar with all the products. Let's talk about electrical appliances. This is what the organization sells. And there are many appliances. If you're a couple, I won't sell you a refrigerator that's good for six people. It's a waste of money. If I really respect you and I want to benefit you, then I need to adjust the product to you. This suits this kind of public, that suits that kind of public, etc., etc. Now, you're not supposed to be an expert. You're a person who has a need for a certain product that my company makes, and then I'm standing between you, who has a certain need, and the different products that my company makes. And I, the consultant, need to be the mediator. I need to check what do you need, what do I have, and make the best, the best match for the best price, the same way I do for my son, were he to come into the shop to buy something. 
So what it comes down to now is we're talking about the sales, which is the heart of the organization, because eventually all the thought behind it and the big aspirations of the organization, everything, eventually come down to whether they were able to give the public a good product or not, because everything they planned and tried, that was indoors, in-house. But now we have to open the doors and see whether we were able to really serve the public. How do we know? It's if our products are really used by the customers and they enjoy it and they're happy about coming to us. So, in this model where we have this consultant, the first stage is to establish closeness, a relationship. Because suppose we had an advertisement campaign and there are amazing things that you talked about and we'll talk about that separately in relation to advertisement. So here what I'd like to talk about is the interpersonal relationship. Now, you came to us and you need a refrigerator. And you came to us. The first stage talks about closeness. If you can explain how do we create this closeness? We have two people. One's an expert. He's familiar with all the products. The other person is a person who needs something, and they're strangers. They never met. You and I, for example. Now, I'm the consultant. Now, in order to really give you some good advice, I need some kind of connection with you. In the professional jargon, it's called closeness. Now, I have to implement it in the best possible way. How do we do it? Well, we need to have the same spirit of things. I, too, need to understand your approach. Meaning, I need to be educated. I need to already also have this integral kind of approach. I too took, uh, well, maybe not a course, but I got some kind of acquaintance with it. That's why I choose you. And I want you, as a company, that supports my values. Just like you've invited me as a consultant to the organization, and I passed on to you the entire process of integral education to you and all the other workers, employees, and the factory or in a certain organization. Same thing we need to do with our customers. We need to somehow instill in them the same integral spirit. This is what we need to do. Otherwise, there will be no closeness between us. 
Today there's no closeness. Today it's something instant. We make some kind of contact, we understand each other more or less, we're more or less suitable, and you buy, sell, we debate the price. Here it's something completely different. We need to really reach connection. Otherwise it won't work. That the emotional connection between us will force us to sell and buy a certain thing that will be the byproduct of our emotional connection. That's how it's going to be. People won't just buy things. Yeah, you have the example. You need a refrigerator. Urgently. Right. But if I buy, I buy uh, in a place or in a way that it suits my values. I like it. I don't like it. How do I choose a company according to which parameters? If it's a good company or like this or like that or what? What attracts me? Here you need to be a step before everyone else. My organization. Right. Before all the other competitors. And therefore I need to work on the client. That he'll have a preparation in advance that if he needs something, then he'll come to me. Suppose you did it, you succeeded, a person comes to you. How now? In the interpersonal relationship. After everything that you did, you advertised yourself, this new spirit, your vision, the new vision, your new goals, you did all of that. And now comes in a person into my organization. I'm the consultant, you're that person. The method says that the most important stage, we're right now strangers, you and I, the most important preliminary stage is the closeness between us. Do you agree that this what needs to come first before we start talking? Before the, what do you need, two doors, four doors, before that, closeness. Of course. What emphasis can you give me about closeness between two strangers, that one of them is a consultant in this organization in which we're developing the integral approach? How should he approach that person? I don't know how to explain. It all depends on the preparation. First of all, it could be that the the customer didn't come someplace, but that our consultant came to his home. Right, could also be. Whatever is convenient for that person. We just make sure that he'll know what our phone number is or his site, and that's it. And then we help him choose what he needs. He knows that we stand behind the product. I don't know what to, to say. Okay, so let's move on to, the, to, to finding the need. These are things that are so natural in the way that they develop that I don't know how to explain.
I don't know, could be that. But maybe the, these things are, are things that are used, that if he comes to us, then we give him something nice, that he feels that he came to a place where he's not going to be cheated. If we come to his home, then we bring some presents, something, but everyone doesn't. I don't know what else to add here. Different signs of warmth. But real warmth. Not just, uh, you know, in addition to the purchase that we have a sale now or something. Again, it all depends on the previous education of both the client and the consultant, the salesperson. You need to work on it. If even a few percent of what they throw on advertisements nowadays, they'll dedicate to different workshops, different such events. By which they prepare the client, the customer for warmth, for connection. Through that, they'll really be able to connect to the customer and to have a good personal connection with them. But again, the approach is that there won't be here any kind of lie inside that nonetheless we move on to a new stage of sales. What we're selling is connection, friendship, and our products are all-in-all necessities. Everything else will nonetheless gradually disappear. We won't be able to make 30 different kinds or types of refrigerators, but five. Whatever you need at home for different kinds of families and needs. Same thing with all other products. Meaning, not that I'm trying to convince the client to buy what I want to sell him, because I feel like it, but I do what's good for the client, what's healthy, like what we want to advertise now, but things that there's place for that. Because what determines is love. My mom won't try to make a buck on me for her to benefit from it and that I won't. Or at my expense. Maybe the, this consultant's manner is what will pass on to the client, meaning they'll feel it in the first connection. Of course has to be so, but it depends on the consultant's education. He'll project it. But the customer, to, to some extent, needs to be familiar with this approach, but they'll feel it, because this is also what they're looking for. So after they establish the preliminary connection, comes the stage of matchmaking between the product and the need. So they discuss it together.
What yes, what not, what does he use, what suits him, what doesn't. Any ordinary scrutiny. Right, nothing about it. No problem. So if I understand correctly, this stage uh, becomes much simpler than today because there, today there is a, a need or a desire to find some hidden motivation with the help of which you'll be able to make the sale. And here you're saying, I see the world as a much simpler place than today because in the last 50 years we've inflated it with different things that there's no need for. And it won't last. This crisis is like kind of cleansing, act of cleansing that will clean humanity of everything that is not a necessity for a normal life. When we're talking about scrutinizing what do you need, you as a client suppose and I as a consultant need to scrutinize what do you really need, we're talking about a revealed need and a hidden hidden drive. Suppose the revealed need is your refrigerator stopped working and you need to buy a new one and the more hidden one is it could be something more emotional. So in sales, according to the integral approach, could it be that maybe we should develop this kind of awareness in our consultants that besides that you want the refrigerator, you're also emphasizing that you want a positive connection with people. Now you're a person, I'm a person. And it turns out that your fridge stopped working and until today we didn't know each other. And today you came, you come as a friend to consult me what to do with the refrigerator, about the refrigerator, and not as the person who sells the refrigerator. Suppose you have a friend who really sells refrigerators. And you know that he's not going to try and make a buck on you. So you come to him to consult him. You come the same way here. That's how I, the consultant, need to treat the person that came. That's how the person needs to come to you, the customer. Yeah, that he comes to you like a friend. What do you advise me to do? Maybe you'll tell him, go by there and not here. Maybe so much so. Could be. This customer needs to know that you're doing everything to his benefit. How will I give him this feeling? That's called the initial integral education. Yeah, but you talked about two levels. There is promoting the integral approach in my organization, which is as if in my hands and I'll train the workers and everything, and things that you'll teach us. And there is also passing the integral knowledge on to the broad public, which I'm sure that will be in a smaller volume because these are in my hands and those aren't. Now, the client will know, the customer will know that this, this company is in favor of connection, etc., etc., and he'll hear it from his friends, he'll know. So he'll have this kind of sense of smell that he'll go to that integral company and not an ordinary one. Now, I don't want to count on that person coming to my organization, though he'll be very sensitive and evolved. But I want to pass the responsibility more on to the people in the organization, the consultants, to teach them to lead, to be more advanced in the integral approach. 
So, how can you help the consultant offer the customer the feeling that you came to consult a friend? How do you create that feeling? You need to buy a friend. You need to buy this approach. You need to, in advance, present yourself this way to the public that you are actually a company or organization that cares for the well-being of the public, connection, help for the needy, that you want for everyone to get their basic needs, etc., that your goal is like of a charity. Like in a charity. That eventually what you do is not to your own benefit, but the benefit is that you see that you work to the benefit of the public. And this is your entire, these are your entire earnings. All the rest are spendings. The interaction between the consultant and the customer will be, will it be special or like in any other company? Could be. So what's the emphasis? How can I, as a consultant, give you this feeling? Does he know about our company? Does he know how we act? I have to ask him when he comes. Yeah, you can develop these things, that's simple psychology already. And how do we work? I explain a bit about our company. I even explain how much does it cost us to make the refrigerator, how much do we make from it, how into the sum of production with taxes and everything else. Do we add, suppose, another 10% to the cost that we contribute these 10% to the benefit of society? Let's suppose with these 10%, from every 10 refrigerators, we can release one refrigerator to the benefit of a family that needs it, etc. Everything is very open. Maybe altogether we'll start our advertisement with look how many problems we have in the world now, how many billions everyone's saving and stealing and everything to actually publicize all these things and how much we're not saving anything. Well, besides what the company needs, usually it needs uh, reserves and things like that. But actually, how in each product that it makes, there's real concern, care for the public. The next stage is the ability to offer the solution to match the product with the person's need and also to explain the true benefit of the product. 
The true benefit of the product is what the expert needs to explain personally to that person. And the general benefit from the product to the public, to the well-being of the public connection and everything, that too, he by that praises that person as a contributor, meaning the person who buys it, he doesn't just buy it. Because in another place, he just throws his money away and even more. But here, and this purchase of his, this is really what happens, that he contributes to the well-being of society. You can even write him down someplace and then to inform him that we were able to send another refrigerator to a family that needs it and to send, uh, to send them a postcard to make a connection between everyone, that even that person that thanks to those people that bought a refrigerator, they got this refrigerator, and that they'll know about each other. You can develop many things here. Our time's unfortunately up. What I understood is that we have no salesperson, we have a consultant, the purpose of which is to feel the person that came and to try and make the, the best possible match like he would do for his son. Yes. Thank you very much. We'll have many more talks. Thank you, Nitsa. Thank you for being with us. Till next time, all the best. Michael Leitman, on Quora, what might be the motivation behind the phenomenon known as Jewish self-hatred? Abraham, who researched the laws of nature, saw that the growing human ego of his time was a sign of a maturing society. He understood that nature grows the egoistic desire in people in order for people to positively connect above it. This is because by taking hold of two forces, our innate egoistic force, and the altruistic force above it, we can reach an understanding of the laws of nature, how the two forces of separation and connection act in nature. There is a very special state between these two forces that we can attain, and which Abraham attained. Abraham started teaching the method of attaining the two forces in nature to the Babylonians of the time, and a special group formed around him. What we need to understand from this story is that a group emerged in ancient Babylon, and the people in this group developed a sensation of two forces in nature, the egoistic force and its opposite altruistic force, the force of connection that connects the two. The people who attained these two forces received the name Israel, and later became known as the Jews, which means unity. The Hebrew word for Jew, Yehudi, comes from the word for united, Yehudi. Yara Devash, part 2, Drush number 2, because these people received a desire for unity that they further developed into a unified sensation of the two forces.
the other Babylonians of the time did not receive the drive to unite, as they were content enough remaining within the natural egoistic approach to the world, and they become known as the nations of the world. Nations of the world is the term defining the egoistic force of human nature. When the altruistic force appears in certain people, then this altruistic force also starts surging a more accelerated growth of the egoistic force within the person. As a result, we find a group that includes both forces, the positive and the negative. Due to the growth of the two forces within, that group's members become more developed. The group with the smaller egoistic force simply does not need as much of a desire, because they have enough in order to live their lives without developing the connection to the altruistic force. Since the Jewish people initially emerged from the attainment of the two forces in nature, we then also find how this nation is in constant contradiction with one another and with themselves. It is because they host these two opposite forces, and they are thus people who cannot easily get along, neither with themselves nor with others, because they play host to a fundamental inner conflict. Therefore, until today, we bear witness to every Jew consisting of both Gentile and Jewish parts, and they thus host an inner restlessness. This is the root of Jewish self-hatred, that is in each and every Jew resides a force of self-hatred, a big egoistic force, and without balancing it out with its opposite altruistic force, then the self-hatred becomes apparent. Based on the video What is the Origin of Jewish Self-Hatred? With Kabbalist Dr. Michael Leitman. Written, edited by students of Kabbalist Dr. Michael Leitman.